0: Hi, I'm Annie Fitzsimmons, I'm your Washington Realtors Legal Hotline Lawyer, and this is another episode in our series entitled, Conversation Around Buyer-Broker Compensation. And I got to tell you the conversation that I'm hearing about, uh, Davina Clarity, thank you for joining (laughs) me one more time. Um, The conversation I'm hearing about as a hotline lawyer is pushback from brokers saying, how on earth is this going to work? Because Buyers aren't allowed to pay, buyers who are getting financing aren't allowed to pay buyer broker compensation. And they can't, they can't finance it. It shouldn't even show up on their column on the settlement statement. So, how do we have a scenario where a buyer, let's say a buyer and buyer broker agree that buyer is going to pay $10,000 of compensation to a buyer broker? And let's say the seller is only offering $5,000 of compensation. How does a broker write the transaction so that the broker can be compensated? Remember the very first video you said, if we don't lay the groundwork for this Mm -hmm. properly, broker may not even get compensated? Right. Yeah. That's where we are right now. Right. How do we draft the purchase and sale agreement so that I, as the buyer broker, can realize the fruits of my agreement with the buyer that they're going to pay me $10,000 when seller's only offering $5,000. Right. And you use the, the $5,000. What if it's $500? It, it, so it doesn't really that matter, pay. right? The, the question is, how are we going to draft the purchase and sale? I'm glad you asked that question because it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It, the seller could be offering zero and buyers offered to pay me as their buyer broker $10,000. How am I going to draft the agreement so that I can get paid even though my buyer is getting financing. Mm-hmm. And the, the forms provide the answer. So going back to your transactional excellence and knowing the forms, brokers have to know how to use the forms. The forms provide the answer. Buyer and seller, so let me back up. In, in VA, FHA, and conventional loan programs, every one of those programs, the lender will allow the seller to pay at a minimum mm-hmm. of the purchase price towards buyers closing costs and as an industry um, average we we often tell buyers you can you can um, estimate that your closing costs are going to be roughly if you're a financed buyer your closing costs are going to be roughly 3% of the purchase price.
1: Roughly, right? It's, it's a it number fair? that gets thrown out there. Yeah, it, it and roughly can be less, can, can be more depending on the price right. point. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the points yeah. That they
0: have to pay and mm-hmm. the you know, loan fees, year. all that stuff, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, but roughly 3%. Mm-hmm. And so all of those three loan programs, regardless of the amount buyers putting down, allow a seller to contribute 3%. And then, and then all three of those programs may allow a greater contribution by the seller towards buyers' closing costs. Depending on the type of the loan program, the amount buyers putting down, various factors. But but starting with
1: the fact that every I'm sorry, can I stop you for a yeah. second? Okay. One of the things that you're and I know you talked to a lender about it, but using the percentage might be hard because there are different loan programs where you, they, it's two percent. Like if it's a if it's an investment property, the max is two percent. So when you're okay. using that three percent, you might want to say X percent or well, do you need to say the 3% No, I
0: want to say I, I, I use that wa- as an example. Yeah, we and but, but, so what, let me let me drill down a little farther. I'm talking about a, a residential transaction where a buyers purchasing the property owner occupied. Okay. Now, I there there are other obviously other okay. property type purchases out there, but but I want to speak to the concern expressed by so many of our members over how am I going to get paid? Okay. And so the forms answer this question. So thank you for that because mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. And, and, and even though I'm saying FHAV and Conventional all will allow a seller to contribute
1: 3%, different lenders have different interpretations. more, but yeah. So, but you're in, the, you're in the ballpark, so yeah. So, okay. Right, so, okay. so it's more of a guideline. I just didn't than want anyone right. to say, Annie said it's 3% and okay, and, no,
0: you know. that, and I appreciate that. Okay. That's, that's a good cover, okay. And, and some lenders will allow more than 3%. Mm-hmm. But working on that, let's say that we have a buyer who says, you know, I don't, the reason I can't sign the buyer agency agreement is because I don't have extra money to bring to closing. Mm-hmm. So if we have that seller who's offering zero or who's offering $500, I, I think you're worth, you know, a million dollars, broker, but I don't have it to pay you. Mm-hmm. So buyer, here's how we're going to solve that problem. The list price is here, but and, and the and let's say we're working with that seller who's offered zero. So I need ten thousand dollars of compensation. You've agreed to pay me ten thousand dollars of compensation. Mm-hmm. Your offer price or your negotiated agreed purchase price by the time we get there may include that ten thousand dollars, and 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 then I'm going to draft the purchase and sale agreement. And you don't have to have this. A deliberate conversation with your buyer about how you're going to draft the purchase and sale agreement, but what you're going to do, Buyer Broker, is you're going to include, let's say that this buyer is asking for the seller to pay 3% of their closing costs, mm-hmm. then you're going to you know, put the purchase price on the face of Form 21, you're going to pull out your Form 22A, and on the space for the closing costs, you're going to write 3%, because that's what the is asking the seller to contribute as their, as their closing costs, or whatever the percentage amount might be that they're asking for, and then separately buyer brokers, you're going to access the Form 41C, the revised Form 41C that comes out on October 3rd, and you're going to mark the box obligating the seller, once they agree, to pay the buyer broker's compensation. Mm -hmm. You can identify it's $10,000, seller's going to agree to pay that. So those are the forms
1: you use to document that transaction, Mm -hmm. does that make sense? It does make sense, but there are also questions that arise, you know, so if they're increasing price to cover the additional, then they definitely need to have a conversation with their lender first, right? Because that additional amount can put them over their debt to income ratio. It can put them over an FHA loan, um, um, limit. So that, I mean, like those are questions that before they even do that, they need to definitely have a conversation with their lender on how to structure that so that they are going in that with eyes wide open on what that looks like. Yeah, you're, that that's
0: brilliant. That's exactly yeah. right. So what I had said is talk to the lender because every lender interprets the lending rules differently. You added a really important layer on top of that of make sure the buyer can qualify for this mm-hmm. increased price, mm-hmm. right? That That's really smart that you do have to have that conversation as well.
1: Yeah, or they even want to, I mean payment is is going to change a little bit so you know just depending on what that looks like the other thing is low appraisal yep you're right so going back to
0: your knowledge of the market and the comparables you've got to know that there is the potential for room in Mm -hmm. this price to be able to accomplish whatever the price is that allows the seller to pay the buyers brokers compensation that that it, these are all components and this is not this is not for the faint-hearted yeah, right yeah brokers you've got to understand your industry you've got to understand your market you've got to know how to talk to buyers about your value and you've got to know how to negotiate with sellers and listing brokers maybe even before you write buyer's yeah. offer right yeah. buyer has this obligation to pay me ten thousand dollars we need to structure the sale to make that happen. Here is the maximum that the buyer can pay. listing broker,
1: can you and your seller help out the buyer? Can you, can you can we get there? Yep.
0: conversation Absolutely. like that. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And I think that one of the big things and we, we said this in a couple of, of series ago is that if you don't have this conversation, say seller compensation is zero, buyer agent, you could walk away without getting paid with nothing
0: zero that's right that's exactly right If you don't have a buyer agency agreement that says you're gonna get compensated by the buyer Mm -hmm. you get zero when the seller offers zero and I'm not expecting there to be this flood of sellers who offer zero or even a super low commission but it's possible yeah right yeah NAR rules require that sellers offer at least one dollar of compensation so seller could offer a dollar of compensation in an NAR MLS The, the flip side of this conversation is the b- broker's concern around what do we do in a transaction where buyer has agreed to pay me $10,000, but seller is offering $15,000. The buyer agency agreement, I know you know this already, Divina, but the buyer agency agreement allows the buyer and the buyer broker to negotiate what will happen to that overage. Mm-hmm. It says that the buyer broker's firm will, will retain the overage, that extra $5,000 in this case. Or it will be paid back to the buyer, or it will be credited back to the seller in an effort for buyer to reduce the. I'm sorry, to increase the seller's proceeds, mm-hmm. right? Uh, by, effect, by by effectively increasing right. the mm-hmm. proceeds, it would be the same as raising the purchase price. But savvy buyer brokers say when the buyer and buyer broker have agreed that that $5,000 is going to go back to the buyer and the buyer is a financed buyer, the lender's going to say, no way is that cash going back to the buyer. Buyer's not going to get cash, which means that in every single case, it's going to go to the buyer broker's firm. Mm -hmm. So how do we accomplish an outcome that achieves buyer's goal of getting the benefit of that $5,000? And what needs to be made clear in the purchase and sale agreement is that when that money is credited back to the buyer broker's firm, the buyer broker's firm is giving that money back to the buyer to pay buyer's closing costs or
1: whatever the lender will allow. Right. And the other option is you could, if the buyer's gonna give it back to the seller, then the seller could reduce the price but then could compensate it on the back end once the, on that side. That's
0: true. The money could, that's exactly could right. That, that $5,000 could be used to reduce the
1: purchase price mm-hmm. effectively. Yeah. yeah. And it would be a wash technically for the seller. Right. Yeah. There are wow, so, that's a lot.
0: I know, <laughs> I know. It is a lot. This is in the very first video. I said this really is a this is a more substantive mm-hmm. change to the way this industry does business than other forms changes. In my twenty two years of, of working with Washington realtors, this is a bigger substantive mm-hmm. change than any we've had before. And when I, when I say substantive, I mean to the way brokers deliver real estate brokerage services, right. or at least to the, that's not true. I don't think the way you deliver right. services is gonna change. It's not
1: the way you deliver services, but the expectation, uh, I mean, the expectation of compensation. That's right. You know, we, We've different. always taken it for granted. Right, so. and so
0: brokers, if you, if you understand what's coming, and you know to ha- how to have these conversations with the buyer up front, uh, and then you know how to fill out the forms, and you know the importance of having communication with your industry partners, lenders, mm-hmm. In advance, then you get there. Yeah. But if you pick up the forms for the first time on October third and
1: try and figure out what's going on, good luck. Yeah. Well you can look at the forms now. They're in there to view. So That's right. get get a hold of them and start reviewing and getting familiar with the changes. It's right. really important. That's so. right. And if you have questions on this topic or any other,
0: visit WAREaltor.org, click on the legal hotline, and ask me a question. Thank you for being a Washington Realtors member.